North bonus. Whoa. This time is about Japanese Beatles, the thing we didn't get to in our last episode. <laughs> Here's Caroline with some good facts. Hello, friends. I have all you need to know about Japanese Beatles. All right, so their full name is actually Popilia Japonica, and they are from Japan. Um, we're, we've been experiencing them for probably about a month at this point. I've started seeing a few in my garden. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So they are a form of scarab beetle. They're in the scarab beetle family, which is kind of neat. And they have a green metallic head. And then their elytra, that's the science word for their wing covers, the shell over the top of their wings, that part gets kind of a rusty orange metallic color. Yeah, so they look like little robots. Yeah, they're just little robots, basically, Randy. Mm. That's what I'm saying right now. (laughs) So uh, the damage that they do to your plants is usually called skeletonizing. So they'll eat all of the soft tissue between the veins of leaves on your roses, your raspberries. There's like 35 crop plants that they like to chew on. So they're a huge, huge problem. They were first documented in the U.S. in 1912. And that's when we started inspecting all of the plant material that was coming into the country. And they think it came in on iris bulbs. But obviously, here we are 100 years later. That's a little, you know, that might be myth. We're not sure. But the truth is, it's very important to buy your plant material from a credible source when you're shopping online. Don't go to the black market. Yeah, because you're going to bring in junk that turns into a problem for the next 100 years, dude. Don't do it. Um, So now 41 out of 50 states are affected. So (laughs) they're not going anywhere. Whoops. Whoops. Other countries struggle with them, too. Like uh, Quebec, Canada deals with them, um, Italy around the Milan area, and even Switzerland. Switzerland is relatively new to the game as far as being infected by Japanese beetles goes. And they're trying really hard to eradicate them. So, hey, good luck, my Swiss friends. I do like to think the Italian ones have little mustaches and Mario hats on. <laughs> Just saying. And they eat the pasta plants. Exactly. The rotinis. <laughs> they're so happy. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's see. Well, let me tell you a little bit about their life cycle. Okay. So the beetles, the adult beetles that you see are like at least a year old at this point. Um, sometimes they can live up to two years further North, uh, where they may not have a long enough summer to do all of their feeding. Um, or if there's a cool year. So here's how the life cycle goes. Um, an adult female will mate and lay eggs in the soil, in your sod. And that's usually a cluster of like, I don't know, four or five eggs. It's really not like a ton, but in her lifetime, she'll lay around 50 eggs total, give or take 10. Uh, The eggs hatch two weeks later into these little baby larvae and they're going to munch around a little bit. And as soon as the cooler temperatures come, they hibernate. They'll hibernate all the way until spring when the soil temperatures warm up. And at that time, they start eating the crap out of your grass roots. So (laughs) if there's really bad Japanese beetle damage to your sod, you can actually roll it up like a carpet. 
Oh, wow. Yep. Roll it up like a toupee. It'll be a bald spot in your lawn where the Beatles just went to town. (laughs) Um, So after they've been awake and eating your grass roots for like six weeks, that's when they'll finally mature into adults. So that's a whole year cycle for us in Minnesota. Um, Let me see. I'm looking at my notes here trying to find the good stuff. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. They, they fly an incredible distance. So even if you wanted to treat insects in your own yard, you can't treat the whole neighborhood and the twin cities is pretty bad with these beetles. So what do you do? Do you know, Randy? Um, threaten to evict. It's <laughs> my guess. <laughs> well, Good luck with that method. I do like that method, though. I'm going to put little papers on my plants. You got to go. Yes, we are. You have 30-day notice. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Well, they're only adults for like two months, and then they die. Well, perfect. Then get the hell out. <laughs> it's the babies, though. It's the babies that cause the most damage. Oh, okay. Years. So here's some methods for, for Japanese beetle management. The the best method, I'll start there. I like to call it the old pick and flick. <laughs> you just, literally just grab the beetles. They can't bite you. They cannot hurt you. They are not toxic or poisonous or anything. And just throw them in soapy water. Like have a little death bucket that you're going to throw the beetles in. And it's not going to hurt the environment. It's not going to be anything that hurts your dogs, that kind of thing. It's really just like, it's something you can do to try and save some of your raspberries, right? Um, th- the best times to do that are when it's cool outside. So like early morning or early evening when the temperatures are a bit cooler because that's when the bugs are slower. And you can, <laughs> if you just shake a plant, they fall right off onto the ground. That's kind of part of their self-defense mechanism. So you could throw like a sheet underneath some bushes and shake the heck out of them and they'll hit the ground and then you can just dump them in soapy water. I <laughs> there was one lady on my in uh, one of my plant groups on Facebook that said her dog eats them. <laughs> well, that's convenient. <laughs> I bet, I bet my dog would eat him if I let uh, her. I know. My uh, my dog's definitely a fly hunter. So if it, I'm <laughs> sure my dog's eaten a few of those. I, can, I can't lie. Crunchy. So mm-hmm. crunchy. Okay. So there's a few other management methods that I wanted to talk through. Um, there's the Japanese beetle traps. We ta- we've talked about those on the podcast before. And those are a mixture of strong floral uh, molecules as well as some female breeding hormones of the Japanese beetle. But the issue with that is it attracts all the beetles from like a mile radius right to that spot. And all of the plants in the flight path are going to get hit. So it's really not, not a great management tactic. Um, there's milky spore, which is a a bacteria, actually, uh, you inoculate, which means you stick the bacteria into your dirt and, um, you have to do it when the beetles have larvae feeding on the roots of your plants. So you add the bacteria to your soil and it gets all over the roots of your grass and then the beetles eat the grass roots 
and uh, it kills them after like a week. So that's not bad. And when they die, their bodies release even more bacteria. Oh, fun. Yeah. But up here in Minnesota, you have to kind of re-up that all the time because we have our, our harsh winters. So, right. you know, stay in the yeah earth perpetually or doesn't live through the bacteria doesn't live through the winter. Correcto. Not right. always. You, it's just mixed results. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's mixed results for control as well. Part of that is you have to time it when the larvae are active. It's not going to kill the adults. It's not, you know, it's not going to spread and fill your whole neighborhood. So it's the kind of thing you probably have to do every year, every two years, that kind of thing. Be diligent. Diligence. Well, for what for what that's worth, um, there's nematodes, and nematodes are these little critters that live in the soil. Uh, there's specific strains that will eat beetle larvae, and uh, those are gonna eat the Japanese beetle larvae, but they're gonna eat other native beetle larvas as well. So it's like mm, taking a risk. Well, there's not a lot. <laughs> You know, I need to know more about what native beetles would be at risk. Right. But that one's less specific. So it's a little bit tricky, but it's also just like the bacteria, you have to reapply it frequently. And by frequently, I mean like once every year, once every couple years, um, because they're not going to do too great through the winter either. The last method that I've been hearing about is... um, BT, which is another bacteria, uh, and that one is similar to the milky spore bacteria. But here's the thing. All of the damage the adult beetles do is superficial. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cosmetic. So, yeah, they're going to skeletonize your plant and it's going to look crappy this year, but it's not going to kill the plant. They don't spread any diseases that I found either. So it's not... It's not a huge deal. It's just a, a bummer. It's an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. Um, these little grubs that are in the soil are also food for moles and skunks and crows and other city-dwelling wildlife. Dogs. <laughs> and dogs. My dog's on a 50% blue llama, 50% beetle <laughs> diet. Yeah. Uh, it's fresh protein. <laughs> uh, well, and... All of the all of the methods that I've described for controlling them, it's it's really kind of a crapshoot because you can't treat the entire city, and they don't recommend using insecticides because of the risk to our pollinators. So there's not a ton you can do except the old pick and flick. That's the moral of the story. Pick and flick into that death bucket. <laughs> Take those skills you developed in kindergarten, picking your nose, and apply them to this Japanese beetle problem. And remember that you win some, you lose some. So you're going to lose a few leaves. I'm still really good at picking and flicking. We're going to get this. <laughs> I, I literally just flick them off a plant sometimes. Like, I'm like, get out of here, bish. Boom. Yeah, I definitely did it a couple to my recent kale pullings. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, otherwise, uh, find my uh, Southern Doom, a crust punk band, uh, Death Bucket. Death Bucket? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, you can do some netting. I forgot to mention that. If you have a small cherry tree or something like that, they get hit pretty hard. So you can throw some nets over it and that's pretty good. Um, yeah. Well, if you are thinking about insecticides or beneficial nematodes or BT bacteria or milky spore bacteria, read the directions carefully. Always use all of the safety precautions they recommend and do your research. You can always contact your local extension office for the best info for your area. And that's all the things I learned about Japanese beetles that you also need to know. You can also hire some kids to teach you how to pick and flick if you need help. Okay. <laughs> it's a new industry. New industry. Here's how you do that. I'm a pick and flicker. You roll. Yeah. I'll do the roll. <laughs> Gross. Gross. <laughs> Well, th- thank you for all those facts, Caroline. Uh, if you need more from Verdant North, uh, you can contact us at, at VerdantNorthTeam at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Verdant North or find us on Facebook. Yeah, it'd be and, great to hear from you. Yeah. Well, thank you for the b- 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 bonus episode that we just did. You're welcome. And remember, it's okay to kill Japanese beetles. Yeah, pick and flick them, baby. <laughs>